Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. As we finished up last time, Joseph's brothers were heading home and they had stopped at one point and found all the money in their sacks of grain. As we pick up now in Genesis 42, 29, they are back home, all the way back home, and they came unto Jacob, their father, unto the land of Canaan and told him all that befell unto them, saying, and then they're going to go through this whole thing again, what we've gone through, we'll just read it quickly. It says, the man who is the Lord of the land, of course, they don't know it's Joseph, spake roughly to us. That idea of roughly is like harshly and took us for spies of the country. I wouldn't doubt that Joseph's brothers heard from other people that the the, uh, Lord of the land was selling grain and it was not a problem. And so they think, let's go down here and let's buy grain ourselves. And so they're coming back and telling uh, their dad, it wasn't this way for us. It wasn't easy for us. It was rough. He spoke roughly unto us. He told us us we were spies and we said unto him, we are true men. We we talked about that last night time, honest men, you know, which they need to prove themselves to be that way. We are 12 brethren, sons of our father. One is not. And the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the country said unto us, hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me and take food for the famine of your households and be gone and bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men. So will I deliver you, your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. The idea of traffic means you can trade. You can come down and get um, buy grain and get food for your animals. And it came to pass as they emptied their sacks that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. They're, they're thinking, what are we going to do? And Jacob, their father, said unto him, Me, have you bereaved of my children? Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and you will take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. Here, Jacob is very frustrated with his sons. Now, he doesn't know this is God working. God is actually behind all of this. God is forcing this to happen, but at the time, he's bringing out his frustration on his sons who have been a problem most of his life. And he, you know, he's saying, I I don't have one of my sons. The other one is now in jail and you want to take Benjamin. And Reuben spake unto his father saying, slay my two sons. If I bring him not to thee, deliver him into my hand and I will bring to him to thee again. Now, Reuben is trying to do what's right in the situation. He's trying to show that he loves his father. But when you think about what Reuben said here, 
his two sons are Jacob's grandsons. So why would Jacob want to kill his grandsons? Any grandparent knows they don't want to hurt their grandsons. But Reuben's just trying to say anything. He's like, if I promise you, Dad, we're going to make this right. We're going to get Simeon back. You can kill my two sons if it doesn't happen. So he's just saying something rashly. Like, why would Jacob want to grieve even more by killing two of his grandsons? He's already you know, down and frustrated. And he said, my son shall not go down with you. This is Jacob answering Reuben, who is telling him, we we have to bring Benjamin or we're not getting any food again. But he says, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in which he go, then shall he bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. He's very sad already. And he's saying, you're not going to bring Benjamin. This is end of conversation. But the Lord had other plans because the Lord wants Jacob to go to Egypt. Remember that. Who's behind all of this wanting to make this happen? It is God. And so as frustrated as Jacob is, as as, um, rashly as he's speaking, God is still going to have his will done. And we find that out in Genesis 43, 1, where it says, and the famine was sore in the land. This is saying it's severe. It didn't let up. Of course, Jacob doesn't know it's going for seven years. We can imagine he's gotten through maybe a year and a half of it. We don't know. We know at the end when they finally when they finally go down the second time, it's been two years. So we don't know how long the timing is, but this is just the beginning and it's terrible. And they're starting to have to go without food. And it came to pass when they'd eaten up all the corn, which they brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, go again and buy a little food. I think he thinks, okay, we don't have enough food. We, we can't starve to death. Guys, go ahead and go. And he wasn't there. He wasn't in Egypt to see how Joseph spoke to his brothers. Of course, they don't know it's Joseph, but he, he wasn't there. And he's telling him, guys, go get some more food. And right away, they're like, uh, sorry, Dad, we, we cannot do this. And as we see here, it says, And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. So here we have a little bit more insight into what Joseph said. Remember, the Bible doesn't record every word uh, from a conversation. But later we say, see that Joseph saying, Joseph told them in the past that not only were you not going to buy corn, but I'm not even going to give you the time of day. You're not going to see me unless you bring Benjamin with you. Of course, he doesn't say his name at that time. But if you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy the food. So Judah's saying, we will happily go, but you have to send Benjamin. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, you shall not see my face except your brother be with you. So he repeats again, Dad, he was serious, is what he's saying. And Israel said, Wherefore deal, dealt ye so ill with me as to tell me, tell the man whether ye had yet a brother? So Jacob's saying here, Why in the world did you tell him that you had a brother? Now, first of all, the brothers don't know that Joseph can hear everything they're saying, anyways. And again, secondly, they don't know it's Joseph. He knows he has a brother. But then Jacob's saying, how could you be so wicked to let him know you have a brother? And they're going to explain why. And they said, the man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? 
and we told him according to the tenor of these words. Could we certainly know that he would say, bring your brother down? So, you know, they're saying, how would we know? He directly asked us. It's, it's the last thing on their, their mind that this could possibly be Joseph. And if you think of this without knowing the rest of the story, without knowing the other side of the coin, you can understand dad's frustration. You can understand their frustration. They don't really understand. How, why is this guy asking? Why does it matter? We're just buying grain. And he wants to know about our dad. So Judah said unto Israel, his father, send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not day, die both we and thou and also our little ones. Judah knows it's bad. They're going to die if they don't go back down. And so he's, he's being firm with his father and he's saying, Israel, remember, blessed of God, you know, prince with God, we have to go. He's speaking very respectfully to his dad. And he, sa- he says there, Judah says in verse nine, I will surely be for, for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him not before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. So Judah's not saying you can kill my son. He's saying I'll take the blame if Benjamin doesn't happen. This is a different Judah. This is not the same Judah that we read earlier. No, it's the same person. Don't get me wrong. But it's a different man. This is not the man who lied to his daughter-in-law and said, I'm going to give you, you know, my son, and he doesn't. And then it's not the same man who says, I just want to please myself. I want to gratify myself. I'm going to go into this prostitute. This is not the same Judah who said, oh, she's wrong. Let's burn her, even though I'm just as guilty. Here, here's a different Judah here. This Judah says, I will take the guilt I will take the blame forever. This is a different man. And it says in verse 10, for except we had lingered, surely now we, ha- we had returned the second time. So he's saying, we have to go. We're going to starve. And if we wouldn't have waited here a little bit, we would have already been down there. I will take the blame. We need food. And their father Israel said unto them, if it must be so now, do this, take of the very best fruits in the land in your vessels and carry down the man a present, a little balm and a little honey, spices, myrrh, nuts and almonds and take double money in your hand and the money that was brought again in the mouths of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure, it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So what Jacob instructs them to do is take a gift. Now, it's been a terrible family. But they have some things in store. They have some items that they're able to have. Now, this is not things that they can live off of. Honey, spices, if you don't have grain, if you don't have something to make bread, you don't have anything to put the honey on. You don't have anything to put the spices on if your animals are dying of starvation. So myrrh and nuts and almonds. Okay, yes, you can eat some nuts. You can eat some almonds, but you can't sustain life on it. So they have a little, and this is what it says, a little a little balm and a little honey 
it's not that they have a, a lot, but he's saying, take whatever. We want to give this gift to the man, and maybe he will be gracious unto you because I need not just Benjamin back, but I need Simeon back too. I've already lost one son. And so he tells them to go, and he tells them to bring all their money back that they was in their sacks and also more money. This is important because this is going to help Joseph know if they are really honest men. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the other side of the story, and they don't know the other side with him. Remember that in life. We don't always know the other side of the story, and that's where we just have to trust God and by faith do what's right, putting one step in front of the other. So and it says in verse 15, and the men took that present and they took double the money in their hand and Benjamin and rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, bring these men home and slay and make ready for these men shall dine with me at noon. I love that verse. The guys don't know what he just said. He's speaking in the Egyptian language to his servant, but he sees he knows Benjamin. He knows his true brother who he has not seen in 21 years. He recognizes him and he says to his servant, go to the house Get a big dinner ready. Get everything prepared. I'm having these men over for lunch. And of course, they don't know. They just see the man walk out of the room quite abruptly. I'm sure they're wondering, okay, what's going on? We've been already through this before with problems. And so it says here in verse 17, and the man did as Joseph bade, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. And the men were afraid. Remember? That's what I said. They're looking and they're going, what in the world is going on? Our brother's in jail. Uh, Our other brother, we don't know where he's at. Everybody else is having no problems getting food from this man. But yet we're brought over here. It says they're brought to Joseph's house. They don't know what is going to happen because of this. And they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first time, are we brought in that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for bond men and our asses. So he's saying he's bringing us here because we're going to be slaves. Why would they, why would that come to their mind? Maybe because they sold their brother as a slave? Maybe that's why uh, they've thought about this. And then people that are guilty, that haven't taken care of the sin, they assume everybody else is doing what they've done to somebody else. They assume everybody is wrong as they were wrong because they are carrying this guilt of what they are like. And so they think, oh, we're going to be slaves. And then there's, they're going to take all of our animals. We're, you know, okay, I'm sure the servant, said, I'll keep your donkeys here with everything. You just go to come over to the house. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to be slaves. And we, we don't have our donkeys anymore. And they came near to the steward of Joseph's house. And they communed with him at the door of the house and said, oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food. And it came to pass when we came to the inn that we opened our sacks. And behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack our money in full weight, and we have brought it again in our hands. In the other money have we brought down in our own hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. And the man answered, he said, Peace be to you, fear not. Your God and the God of your father has given you your treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And he brought Simeon out unto them. 
I love this verse. I think it shows Joseph's been a good testimony for God. He, this steward in his house, he knows God. He knows the God of Joseph. He knows the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Not that he knows their names. He doesn't know these other ones, but he knows God. And that's why he says, your God and the God of your father. I, I think he says it with a smile. Oh, he must have given it back. Well, he knows he's the one that put it in there. And he did it because Joseph told him to. But I can't imagine, I can't imagine, I should say, the twinkle in his eyes. He's saying that, oh, I didn't give it back. It must be your God. What a neat story. Oh, this just gets better and better and better from being as bad as could be. It just gets better and better. Heavenly Father, I pray that we can trust you when times are dark, when times are bleak, that we put our faith in you and understand that you have a purpose for everything. I pray if we're like Joseph's brothers carrying around guilt and thinking everybody else is doing what we actually did, I pray that we'd uh, stop looking at people in the negative light and look to ourselves and say, we were wrong. Lord, forgive us. And I pray that we can live in your victory today. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.